Scott Sheffield is CEO of Pioneer Natural Resources and is sort of the dean of the industry right now, I would suggest. Scott she Sheffield joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. You have tenure, don't you, in the industry? Uh, probably the longest-serving public CEO, so I'm not sure that's good or bad, but the long longest public CEO serving in the industry probably ever. So, Considering you have to open your kimono every three months to Wall Street, that's quite an accomplishment. Yes, exactly. And plus, I get a chance to visit with people like yourself and, you know, with Brian Sullivan and Jim Cramer and Alex Steele, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's good to talk. It's a fun group, and, we, and all of us always learn something from you every time we talk. Let me ask you about this right now. I, I, was, I was intrigued by the announcement from OPEC the other day that OPEC is increasing fairly modestly, but increasing the, uh, the global demand for energy. And I've always seen that as a sort of a positive thing for the, for the global economy. Yeah, I think what's happened is that uh, we, we've seen um, a, a severe policy on um, COVID containment by China. So we lost about a million barrels a day um, from China over the last two or three years. They've taken it uh, probably more serious than any state, you know, e even more serious in California and New York um, versus uh, the state of Texas uh, in regard to COVID containment. And because of that, the whole country was shut down from flying, traveling, everything. And so that's the main reason we're seeing pickup. Um, we're seeing... Air transportation, air flying, pickup, um, it's past 2019 levels. So right. people have been contained, and you're seeing China really open up. They're starting to travel. They estimated probably 300 million um, Chinese are going to be traveling both internally and externally around the world uh, during, this, um, uh, during the month of February with their um, calendar year celebration. So much has changed in so many different areas post-COVID. And I would guess in your industry, too, that there are going to be long-term changes. We've talked about some short-term, you know, demand sort of rapidly coming back. But there are going to be some long-term changes, aren't there? Yes. Uh, we're already seeing it in crude oil inventories and ga for gasoline inventories. So we're seeing um, great demand in this country for jet fuel and for diesel. Um, but uh, we're not seeing um, strong demand coming back for gasoline. And so there's only one reason why. It's the work from home. So we've all have had to deal with uh, CEOs of uh, companies, whether it's private or public, um, establishing work from home policies. And we're seeing a lot of uh, employees throughout the country just don't travel uh, back and forth to the office. They work from home. And so that's having an effect on gasoline. So it's And the business traveler hasn't come back mm. in full force with Zoom, Teams, uh, WebEx, you know, you got a choice to. Uh, we're seeing that internally with our our Midland office out in West Texas. Uh, people just aren't traveling as much. So those are a couple things that could be affected long term in regard to demand. Well, and that would explain why gasoline prices, well, you know, it's volatile, but have come down. But boy, diesel prices sure haven't. Diesel historically was below, at least on the consumer level, you know, was below the price of gasoline. It hadn't been like that for a while. Why? Yeah, it's, it's a combination. Uh, we have not built a new refinery in this country in probably over 45, 50 years. Secondly, we've lost about four or five refineries. Our refining capacity is down over the last five years. Uh, there's great demand for diesel, a replacement of the, of the Russian um, diesel that's being sanctioned in, in Europe. So a lot of diesel is being exported. That's why the Biden administration has discussed uh, whether or not to ban um, diesel first. They've talked about banning 
all exports, uh, whether it's oil, gas, LNG, but they're really focused on uh, if diesel gets too high about banning diesel for this country. But how, how can we do that when Europe is short of diesel um, yeah. and they're fighting a war with um, uh, the Russians in, U- in Ukraine? So that's why it's skyrocketed. There's just not enough diesel. And there's too much demand. I guess you could do that with diesel, too. It's got a longer shelf life than gasoline, right? Yes, exactly. So what about other fundamental changes? We've seen a big increase in alternatives. Uh, you know, hybrid uh, automobiles, how Musk has rolled out a, uh, a semi that, that presumably will will work on, on electricity. Does that represent a, a challenge to the industry? I think, uh, in fact, uh, Dan Jurgen just put out a piece in the last two days. Uh, Ken Hirsch was talking about it when I left uh, the audience. Is that uh, what's happening is that it's taken us 150 years uh, from the time that we started using coal and oil and then natural gas. And it represents 80 to 82 percent of the world's energy. And we have politicians and governments trying to change that and do it in 25 years to move to alternative energy. And there's going to be, we all agree that we need to change. We need to use all alternative sources of energy. But there's no way that uh, we can shut down hydrocarbons because what their, their policy, by doing it so fast, is going to become very disruptive. We're going to see severe spikes in natural gas prices like we saw last year. We're going to see severe spikes in oil prices like we saw $130 Brent last year. It's coming again. It's not going to settle down. And so we're going to need oil and gas for a long term. In fact, a couple of recent charts that came out of the Wall Street Journal, you had Exxon in 2050 saying we need over 100 million barrels. You had BP saying we only need 74 million barrels. (laughs) in 2050 and then you have the IEA stated scenario to get to uh, net zero we only need 34 million barrels of oil and so running an oil and gas company long term it's hard who do I choose between Exxon BP or the IEA and so that's one of the difficult situations but I'm a firm believer we're going to need hydrocarbons for a long time I don't know how you've been doing this for as long as you have because you have I mean you deal in a commodity that is more volatile than corn or something. I, but I never thought I'd see oil, admittedly, briefly, but crude trade negative, and then turn around and go back to triple digits and then back toward the, the middle ground again. How do, you, how do you run a company when you've got a volatile commodity like that? I've always told everybody uh, publicly that uh, we're the only industry that spends $400 billion a year to find new oil and gas and we don't know what the price of our commodity is. So that's very unique. And so that's why I've learned you got to have a great balance sheet. You got to run close to no debt. You got to have cash on the balance sheet because you never know when the next downturn is going to happen. But it's tough from minus 37 to $130 in two years from 2020 to 2022. It's amazing. Huh? It's tough. I, I would imagine. But, yeah. I mean, obviously, you do it well, and you're a survivor. And you've been doing it a long time. Fascinating industry that you've got. And we're here at the uh, Energy Outlook 23 that SMU Cox School of Business is putting on and, and trying, to get, uh, trying to get a handle on it. But uh, tough business, isn't it? Yes, David. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's tough. Yeah, it's fun. we got 2,000 great employees that are helping out at Pioneer. So. Uh, 
Scott Sheffield is the CEO of Pioneer Natural Resources and our guest today. We appreciate it. Thank you, David. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.